some people only read it that 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 really that root of the tree level like they that's the place they they like to go to they they come from they're le- they're reading for your like your soul's journey you know and um it's just like that's a challenge when like the person asked about like you know i'm uh like hey i think I, i'm trying to get a promotion at work and you're like ah oh, let me tell you about your experience of prosperity and your place in the universe <laughs> <laughs> right <What>? right <laughs> like, yes just, totally I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. In today's episode, we explore tarot with Charlie Harrington. It is such an awesome episode, you guys. We talk about sort of the uh, the science and the plausibleness and the truthfulness behind tarot and what tarot can accomplish and what it cannot accomplish. Uh, we talk about if if Charlie gets nervous when he's giving people advice, like if he tells someone, like, yeah, I think you should... It's it looks like you should quit your job and then they quit their job and it like totally doesn't work out well if he gets nervous about things like that or what do you do when somebody comes to you with like a big big heavy question or um, just all the different kinds of weird things that Charlie can get into during a reading and he's been doing tarot for over 20 years now and uh, he teaches us about kind of the history of tarot gives us some advice if we want to get started ourselves gives us some advice if we're going to go do a tarot reading like what are the best ways to form a question and so I use that to help form my own question for the Patreon exclusive content attached to this episode. So if you are a Patreon supporter for Half Hour Intern, you, uh, for most episodes, will get a piece of exclusive content, whether that be questions or something else. So for this particular episode with Charlie, the bonus Patreon content is a tarot reading that Charlie does with me over Skype. And we actually do kind of like a a double tarot reading almost um, because of how uh, unique and not necessarily good the the first tarot reading is, um, which really illustrates the point about not necessarily always getting a good tarot reading and how that plays out. So if you want to see how that plays out, become a supporter on Patreon and you can hear that. And that would greatly, greatly help me and the show and and help this episodes like this be able to continue coming out. And if you become a supporter for the show on Patreon right now, it's perfect timing because then you were entered in a contest to win either a really cool watch or a really cool pair of sunglasses from Truewood, who were former guests on the show. If you are a supporter by uh, Monday, March 13th, I'm sorry, is it March 13th? Let's see. Yes, Monday, March 13th, then uh, then you will be entered to win either your choice of a cool watch or your choice of cool sunglasses. And in addition to that contest, thanks to Charlie for being super, super awesome. If you leave a review on iTunes for the podcast, which also really helps the podcast, um, by Monday, March 20th, you will be entered to win a half-hour Skype session, Skype tarot reading with Charlie, um, which if you're a supporter on Patreon, you get to hear mine. It's incredible how good Charlie is at what he does and almost unnerving how accurate the whole tarot, at least the tarot reading I got was. So I could not recommend it enough. And all you have to do is leave a review on iTunes by Monday, March 20th, and you will be entered to win a reading with Charlie. Um, Without further ado, here is Tarot. Charlie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I were talking a little bit before we hit the record button, and I was just telling you that 
I have always been kind of skeptical of uh, of things like astrology. Like that doesn't strike me as something that really makes much sense. And I, I because of that, I need to have an astrologist on uh, somebody who's like really into astrology on the show one day, mm-hmm. so they can like defend that point of view. Um, <laughs> there's probably a lot of people listening to this right now who are like, "No way, astrology is totally real and it works." But anyways. I am kind of skeptical of that. I'm skeptical of most psychics out there, if not all. And yet somehow tarot makes sort of sense to me because I'm of the school of thought that that like the law of attraction makes a lot of sense. And that there I, I do believe that there is some sort of like organizing force or, or, or energy in the in the universe that we all kind of tap into, that we're all connected to. And it would make sense that if you have this energy flowing through you and these cards have this energy flowing through them, then when you have all these cards out in front of you, it may seem like random choice of which cards you grab out of that deck. But it's not that random because, again, of like the law of attraction and this energy and this and that. So it makes a little bit more sense to me. So why don't we start, I guess, with you telling us about like a little bit about the history of tarot and the idea behind tarot and is any of that like weird stuff that i was just talking about like law of attraction yada 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 does that actually uh, is that actually in like the science of tarot like is that is that part of the idea behind tarot yeah well, definitely so I'll, uh, you have so much to touch on there and um more than the law of attraction i always think of obi-wan kenobi in star wars when he talks about the force you know penetrates us and binds us together and you know and and that there's a way to connect to all things. So, uh, okay, so I'm going to give you the briefest possible history of tarot, so, so as not to bore your listeners, but I'll try to cover the main <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, key points. So tarot uh, was created, it was called Taroki. It was created in the 1400s as a playing card game, um, a, a trick-taking game, if you're into that kind of uh, uh, playing card game. And uh, with had four suits that are familiar to other contemporary decks at the time. They were cups, swords, uh, batons, and coins. And tarot had was unique in that it had a fifth suit, the suit of trumps. And the suit of trumps has all of the cards that I think people, you know, the really evocative cards people think of when they think of tarot. It's like the fools, the lovers, death, and the devil. Hmm. And um, so just, just to recap, when tarot started out, it was a, a game. It was to play and it had a, uh, the, the Trump suit was like a philosophical element that the nobility who were playing this game could comment on while they're playing. And um, a lot of fortune telling systems have their origin in, in gambling. I think uh, when, when, I, when I say that to people, some people think, so it's not real then, right? Like it's, it, it's, it's, or people pose like, you know, tarot wasn't created for fortune telling and they're, they're right. Uh, fortune telling systems have their origins in gambling games because gambling has a, a randomness function built into it, whether it's throwing dice, whether it's spinning a wheel or um, shuffling cards. And the randomness is what allows the reader to have different outcomes every time they uh, shuffle the cards. So, okay, so fast forward into the, the late 1700s. I said this is like a quick version. Um, <laughs> there's uh, an occultist in France looks at the cards and decides... Uh, that they must be an encoded manuscript containing the the secret wisdom of the Kabbalah, which is the Jewish mystical tradition that I think most people associate with Madonna. But um, and he he believes that this is a, this is a secret document that has all the the, the the secrets of the universe encoded into it, and and that the true mystic, the truly the true adept rather, would be able to 
look at the cards and decipher the, the, their their great meaning. And then this got a lot of occultists fired up at the, at that time, and they were studying and researching, and they kept finding layers, or well, really adding layers to the tarot. And they came up with like a lot of cockamamie ideas about the tarot, like uh, that people thought it came from Egypt, that it, it was a part of the initiatory tradition of the priests of Egypt, given to us by the god Thoth, the god of magic. Uh, people believe that tar tarot cards were transmitted by the Romani people throughout Europe, you know, okay, that sort of thing. Um, but what happened is that because people believed all of these different things or, or, or added all of these things to tarot, they sculpted it over time into a system that really addresses the uh the human experience you know like the i don't know if, if you're like familiar with joseph campbell's idea of like the uh the hero's journey mm -hmm. the the you know um that the tarot has a, has a very complete way of looking at at life and, and different um spiritualities or philosophies and so when i think about the tarot i think about um douglas adams in one of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy books said the secret to flying is to throw yourself at the ground and miss and I feel like that's what we did with tarot. That like they they started with the idea, or and, and it was Antoine Court de Gebelin, uh started out with the idea that this was this like ancient, true, mystical document. You know, throw yourself to the ground, but then you know, missed. And then we have the tarot today. Um, as far as okay, how does tarot work? I think there are two major schools of thought. Or, uh, there's a lot of them, but I'm going to break them down for the purposes of this podcast to two schools of thought on this. And one, I'll just call the psychological school of thought and in this school of thought there's no nothing supernatural there's nothing magic there's um the random shuffle is a random shuffle and when we are looking at the cards you the cards have evocative archetypal images on them and they're going to you're thinking about your question you're looking at the cards and you're just going to be able to, to to address the question in a new and interesting way and, and so in a way that you hadn't thought of before and it takes you kind of outside of yourself to get an answer and this uh is a fairly recent philosophy i think it kind of really comes from the made like the 70s and 80s when uh, a lot of new ideas in, in psychology were, were becoming more popular um the other school of thought is sort of the predictive or fortune telling school of thought um even uh, or well at least the idea that there's we're all connected in some way, all life and maybe even all time is like the Obi-Wan Yoda thing. Like we are, we are all connected and that we all have the ability to intentionally tap into that and receive information, receive messages, um, and maybe even make predictions. Now, uh, a lot of readers don't believe in foretelling the future as such, or that you can predict the future. And, and a lot of people who do, believe that you can foretell the future also believe that you can change the future or else what's the point of going to the to the reader hmm. um but and i think a lot of readers exist somewhere in the middle or like or borrow from both of these schools of thought um you know like the they will use the psychological perspective or this the perspective of looking at these as archetypal images um but also you know that that there's there's something to all of this and when we're doing a reading there's a reason this card came up so you can kind of you don't have to be one or the other you can be both so a lot of people will stop short of the fact that it's connected in time, but they will accept the fact that it's connected just in spirit, I guess. Yeah, like, so, so to some people, I mean, if you get really, 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 really philosophical, like, you might think, some people just don't think that they're, they're, the future exists or the past exists 
in some way. And if you're talking to a physicist, they would have other things to say. I don't know. Uh, like that, the future isn't knowable because it hasn't happened yet. But that you can, the tarot can show you options or what where this might take you. I, I personally am in the predictive fortune telling camp, but uh, I think there's value <laughs> in yeah. looking at all the camps. Yeah. What's so great is that you know whatever it would be 70 80 90 years ago these things would have sounded to so many people and probably still do to a lot of people like like that's all very silly you know mm-hmm. and thank god science and quantum physics and which we still obviously don't know like what the hell is going on with quantum physics and never will probably but like what the things that we do know and the weird things that we do see actually lend like scientific evidence to the fact that that something like uh so you know there being some sort of uh quote-unquote fate or something in the tarot cards mm-hmm. that you pick is like scientifically backed which is absolutely wonderful that's just yeah. so great and you know I, there are scientists who read tarot cards i think some people think that if you believe in tarot you don't believe in science somehow uh the the, the tarot itself as a scientific process it's not going to be able to you can't test it in a lab and have the reproducible results that would make it like a scientific theory. Um, so I don't go that like you know that far, but uh, you know, yeah, you can you you can believe in science and believe in you know common sense and rational thought and still get a lot out of using tarot. I love it. All right, so let's uh, let's break down tarot for people like me who really oh, don't sure. know a lot about it. So first of all, you mentioned the deck um, and how back in the day there were the four different uh, types of cards and then that fifth type, which were these trump cards and that those trump cards were the like colorful this, that ones that a lot mm-hmm. of people know about in tarot today. Are today's tarot decks basically all the trump cards, like an expanded version of the trump cards or, or what does the deck oh, consist of exactly? Yeah, so it's actually, it's so it's still uh, 78 cards. I mean, okay, there was some variation in the, in the, in the medieval period as to how many uh cards are in a deck but at some point where it was while it was still just a a a gambling game uh it was sort of um uh it became 78 cards there's four suits that each have 10 numbered cards four court cards so one through to ace through ten uh page knight queen and king and then there's the 22 cards suit of the the major arcana that runs through um the uh those are the trump cards and what happened uh, that made Trump tarot cards very accessible is that a, a lovely woman named Pamela Coleman Smith back in 1910 was working with a, a gentleman named Arthur Waite on a deck that's the Rider Waite tarot that most people, like most movies or whatever, if you see tarot cards, like that's the deck you see. Um, she painted uh, scenes for every single one. So in the past, you'd have the Three of Cups was three cups, you know, and there'd be some like lovely, you know, foliage around that, flowers or whatever, but like you had three cups. And then she painted, so her three of cups is three women with different headdresses with like flowers and, and uh, uh, fruit in them. And they're, they're holding cups in the air and kind of clinking them. And that made tarot really accessible to readers today because it's, you know, if you're looking at three cups, you just have to know what cups means, have some idea of what three means. And then you do, it's all in the head. But um, when you're looking at uh, this image, this evo- more evocative image, it's the uh, you're able to do a bit more with that. You can almost tell a story, right? For the person that you're doing the reading for, you now have this like visual thing to show them and be like, see, like this is kind of how this is playing out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so there's the the 78 cards. So there's 78 cards. There's four different categories of cards or uh, 
Uh, so sports for like the minor arcana are the uh, today they're mostly uh, swords, cups, uh, pentacles, and um, wands, and they relate people relate them to the four elements, and they have certain properties. And uh, I guess a way of thinking about them is they tend to be like everyday life or or sort of like functional things. And then you have the the major arcana, which are the uh, the devil, death, the uh, the the world, the high priestess, and these are more philosophical, grander, spiritual, big bigness okay. <laughs> kinds of concepts. Okay. So now let's talk about a tarot reading and how that all goes down. So um, first of all, before we really break it apart, it, I, I've always just assumed that there was like one tarot reading. Like there, there's like one type. Are there multiple ah, types of readings? There are or many, is many it like, types. Absolutely. Okay. So, okay. So if you go to a tarot reader, um and you're gonna have a question or an issue or a topic and so you're gonna ask them like hey what do i need to know about my career right now or even more specific like i'm trying to get a promotion what do i need to know about that or um the reader is going to decide on what's called a spread or a layout of them and they're going to the cards will be shuffled either the reader or the client it's like a stylistic thing the reader or the client is going to shuffle the cards and the cards are going to be placed into the positions and there are so many uh, different ones. There's the so, for example, a very common uh, one for beginners is the three card reading, which is you place three cards in a row, and each of the positions has a significance. So the put the the, the the very simple one, past, present, future. The card, the first card in the reading represents the past, and so let's say you know uh, you get the five of wands in that position. So what the reader does is they use their knowledge of like the traditional meanings or their own meanings about what the five of wands is. So like things like strife, chaos, drama, um, challenges, conflict, and they connect that to the position. Like, okay, this, this is something in the past. This is kind of the genesis of what the, the client's question's about. And then they have to relate that also to the other cards. So, you know, um, we just talked about the three of cups, which is the uh, means uh, like camaraderie, people working well together, celebration. So if we went from five of wands in the past to the present, three of cups, you know, the reader using their skills, you know, to that to them might look like, you know, in your past, there was this strife and conflict and something seems to have resolved there, you know, like, and so that's, you know, what what makes it a reading, you know, knowing, being able to derive not just you know the keywords associated with the card but like what does that card mean in that position in this reading with this context of this question does that make sense yeah that makes total sense so yeah there is a lot it's funny one of the things that i wanted to talk about with you later Mm -hmm. but that uh that whole example just kind of illustrated is about being a like a novice tarot reader versus a more skilled tarot reader like and you've done tarot readings for quite a while now so um I guess that would be the big difference is that now when someone asks you a question, like I, I forgot about the whole question piece that you you get brought a question. So mm-hmm. with the specific question that someone brings you, you can actually relate the tarot cards to yes. whatever the question is in a probably like detailed and thorough manner versus just being very uh, like cursory and, you know, not able to really go in depth with it. Yeah. So like I think about the difference between novice and, and expert is sort of like when you're learning a language, when you're learning a language for the first time and you want to say something, you have to like look up in the book what the meaning is and just it's it's gonna be very clipped and short and not have a lot of context. You might, you know, like bathroom question mark. 
and then the, the you know you learn the language a bit more you it you 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 take it you take it in you can understand it you can ask something as complicated as you know where is the bathroom and then if you become really adept you become like a translator you are completely fluent in the language you can have something as nuanced as excuse me i need to wash my hands would you please tell me where the nearest bathroom is so there's still the same you know bathroom question mark and that last version are it's the same question really but um it's probably more useful you know the more training and nuance you're able to, to apply to it does that yeah, make sense absolutely absolutely so all right so when you're doing a reading so there is that first basic type of reading that you're talking about with past present future it's three cards um the person that you were doing the reading for is the person that would that always pulls the cards right you're never like choosing cards for them oh it's it's stylistic so some people uh basically here's here's the wacky thing um the reader just has to decide for themselves how this is going to happen and that you're sort of like coming into an agreement with the universe you know whatever that means uh that like okay for me i like to have the, uh, the client shuffle the cards if the client is present, you know, and I like them to cut the cards and then I like them, the cards to come off the top. Or you can do a thing where like, especially if you have to do quick readings, you just fan the cards out as dramatically as you can. And then you let the clearance <laughs> pick, uh, you know, three cards, you know, and you just, you know, like, please choose three cards and hand them to me and then we'll go from there. Right. Um, so that's a good point. If the client shuffled the cards and or cut them or something, then yeah, it's totally cool to just take them off the top because mm-hmm. either way, the client still had some sort of input in how the cards were going to come out. Yeah, and I'll just say though, like, so there's a lot of people who read online or read read through Skype. So I guess if I believe that in a universe in which you can cup, sh- shuffle cards for someone, uh, you know, so someone can shuffle the cards and there can be meaning in that, I probably it's probably not a huge step that I can shuffle the cards for the person and, and have some meaning. I, I of course love to do it in person but i've also done skype readings and 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 phone readings and had that be successful right we'll do one right after this i can't freaking wait um so all right and then so there's 78 cards of these four different like major types um Mm -hmm. are it is it still always just one deck or do you like separate out different types and they have to pick from different uh smaller decks or like could somebody, for instance, in that in that beginner's you know simple version mm-hmm. of like past, present, future, could they end up just randomly drawing like the two of cups, three of cups, four of cups, just like yeah. you know it's all cups <laughs> for them. And when that happens, it's kind of awesome. You're like, whoa, you know that's 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 mathematically unlikely. It's mathematically possible, <laughs> right. but it's mathematic. It's statistically possible, but unlikely. Um, so most of the time, you're shuffling. You're you're playing with a full deck, as they like to say. <laughs> and you are you're having to collect that. There are times when you might just read the with the major arcana. Um, uh, with, uh, usually, it's for like a more of a spiritual reading for someone, you might only read with the, those cards. But typically, you're reading the with the whole thing. And one of the things that um, is hard for beginners is that they might think of like, okay, so the two of cups. Cups typically it's the suit of water. It's the suit of emotions in most decks and about relationships and so the two of cups it's uh, usually a man and a woman staring into each other's eyes holding each you know a cup out to to each other and so if we're doing a romance reading um you know that's that's very simple you know uh to to imagine what that might mean but like um so some people like like to think of that oh that's a love card but you know if i'm doing for reading with uh, for someone about their boss and them i'm not gonna tell them okay you have to seduce your boss 
you know, like you just, so <laughs> right. the core meaning is about connection with another person. So it's not a, it's not a love card. It's just, it's, it's applicable in all cases. And you just have to find the, the part of the, the meaning, uh, with, with, uh, that the cards have, and then use your intuition to kind of discern how does that fit into the question? Does, cool. that, does that make sense? Does that sound like completely, crazy? completely. And so, uh, just to solidify the whole major arcana thing, I said, sometimes it's just that the arcana, is that, uh, synonymous with those Trump cards? So like it is the major arcana, are those just cards that there are not any, oh, they're not like a um, suit. So there's only one like death card. There's not like, Oh, th- this is the death. Number one, death number two. It's just like, yeah, no, this is only one of this. So, yeah. So, um, Arcana just means secrets or mysteries. And so there's the major arcana and the minor arcana. The minor arcana are the the numbered card, the, the, the two of cups, the three of swords, the king of cups. Um, and then the major arcana, yeah, there is just like the death card, the tower. Uh, I keep feeling all the scary ones. There's the sun, strength. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. And uh, so there are some readings that are only those cards and nothing else. You can do that. Um, and and sometimes for beginners they like to just do that they ju- you know it's easier to start small but um for most most readers you're working with a 78 card deck okay cool cool um so let's talk a little bit about like what tarot can do versus what tarot cannot do uh, yes. so i you know you gave examples of some questions uh that people could come to you and ask you are there for someone that believes in tarot and and believes what tarot is doing is, is real and true um are there limitations to it though like things that you do not think it would be able to do yeah so there's there's kind of two categories of that for me there's things that i don't think you can be successful at with tarot and then things you shouldn't do so the first thing um so i think tarot the cards are very helpful at communicating these sort of broad ideas what they don't usually do is specific dates and names some people might they'll sit down and say like what's the name of the person i'm going to marry and i'm like well there's no like card of wally you know or, or sandra <laughs> yeah you know and so i mean you um, just shouldn't marry someone named wally off the bat yes, i mean that's i'm getting you know. i'm getting a wally here so uh <laughs> no um so that so the, that that kind of specificity and so what i might so and if someone's like you know what is the date that i'll sell the house like i'm not i'm not going to attempt that there's not uh you know there's not a june 15th card i mean okay some astrology people might have a, a theory about that but and, uh, i don't go there so i might the, so as a reader, you learn to sort of shape the question into something you're going to be successful with, but that is also going to satisfy the the, the, the the querent. So you might say, all right, well, you know, you're, you want to sell the house. Let's take a look at what we need to know about the next couple of months with you and, and selling the house and see what's there. Because, you know, if, if they say what's, you know, there's also um, tarot readers tend not to like yes, no. And one where, you know, we're, we're sometimes nervous. This doesn't really have any meaning. And, you know, we have a 50 50 sh- shot with that. But uh if I'm being honest, but, um, the yes, no thing. If, if you sit down and say, am I going to sell my house? And I, I tell you, no, like the reading is over. Please give me, you know, that's, what's funny. <laughs> right. like, that's not very helpful. Like yeah. tarot reading should be empowering. So, uh, usually you're going to reshape the question into, um, something like, all right, what do I, if you want to sell your house, what will be helpful for you? And the cards may come up in that reading so that, oh, you know, I really think you're going to have a really hard time selling your house for the, in the next couple of months because this card, this card, whatever, whatever. But, you know, it's the hard no's and hard yeses are rare. Um, there are also some things that I think ethically tarot readers should not get into. Uh, the number one, the number one is medical information. Um, you know, you know, like people who are not li- you know, licensed, practiced, studied medical professionals should not be diagnosing anyone with things. And 
you know, as a reader, you do have people come to you um, they, and ask you, like, why can't I get pregnant? Um, what's, you know, am I going to die of this disease that I yeah. have? Um, do I have am I HV positive, you know, and those you just just stop, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Um, also, uh, for some readers, they won't a- attack things that are um, some readers just stay away from financial advice or legal advice. Um, again, because, um, even if you're a good reader, you might not be qualified to give some of the information I've, I've, I've attempted both of those and, and I've been successful, but, uh, I, I was younger, I was foolish. So I try to stay away from that sort of, sort of thing that, because the impact that could have on a person's life, right. you, have to, you have to think about, and especially the medical stuff. Um, and so this is something years- I wanted to know about in general is like the impact mm-hmm. of things that you're, you're telling people, like I could only imagine the nerves that you have get like, if someone came to me and they just said like, oh, like I'm having a tough time at work and, you know, can we talk about that? That's one thing. But if yeah. somebody is like, should I quit my job or not? Like, t- like yes. I've been, I guess that's one of the yes, no things that you're saying. And you do a reading and you're like, yeah, I think you should leave your job. And then like they come back they you know, you run into them like six months later on the street and they're like, dude, I quit my job and I haven't been able to get another job. And now I'm living in a homeless shelter. And you're just like, yes. holy crap. <laughs> I mean, that's so just, a, okay. Oh, absolutely. man. So the first thing um, for all readers is you have to you have to be aware of your own ego, and the big I think the biggest thing that gets in in, in the way for reader anyone doing this sort of thing is is ego, and the ability to like the idea that I know all I see all and like really really good professional tarot readers that that I know uh, there's sort of a common understanding that like on our best day we're like eighty ninety percent sure about what we're telling someone but you know. We don't know all. We we you know uh, um, so just you have to have some humility when you're entering into a reading because this is someone. So this person came to you in good faith, and they want your help. You're you're there to empower them in their life. You know. Did you get really and, nervous the first time that you like? Do you remember instances where people asked you really kind of serious stuff for the first time, and yes. you're just like, oh god, I like, yes. don't even want to do this reading. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had um, person like, hi, I've, I've been, I've stage four cancer and I'm, you know, thinking about what to be doing with my, I'm like, Oh God. Right. Like really like, why are we, you want, you want me to tell you that? Yeah, uh, or, you know, totally. things like, do I marry this person? Do I break up with this person? Um, and, and these, there are ways to go about those readings. Um, but it's just, you have, okay. So one of the things you also have to do is come into an understanding that, you're there to help. You're there to give advice. But the person is going to get up from your table, and they have the right to discard everything you said to them. They have. They're. They're going to make the choices for themselves. They're going right. to do the work. Right. And yes. And you just have to, you know, you you have to have good sense and good judgment, you know, about what what you're doing. And also, um, the reader should always be on their side. Uh, sorry, on the client, the client side. Like you want to be on their side. You want them to be successful. Um, as long as what they're asking you is, is appropriate. I'll just put that caveat. Now, Charlie, what if there. you get a bad reading? Like this, mm-hmm. is, uh, this is one I, I've never done a tarot reading before, but, uh, I, I'm nervous for this for when we do ours later is like, oh, sure. what if let's say someone's like, uh, Hey, like I just started my own company and I'm really excited. Like, can we talk about like what my next six months are going to look like? And it's just mm-hmm. like death card something else awful <laughs> and something else and you're just like uh honestly like you should start interviewing for other jobs right now yeah so that i mean that but that is that is what they came to you for um 
God, one of the best readings I ever received in my life was uh, when I was really young. I was 19. I had this horrible breakup. And, you know, uh, I asked this reader, like, am I ever going to get back with this person? Like, it's, it, you know, and she said to me, um, no, that will never happen. And I was floored. I was like, how can you say that? <laughs> you know, like, aren't, shouldn't this be about what I can do to make that possible? And she said something I, I, that stuck with me is that um, I'm not your best friend. And you didn't, you're, I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. And there's many people who can do that for you. But you came to me for a reading and that's what we're going to do. And you know, she was right. We never got back together. So yeah. um, it, it would be like going to the doctor and having them say like, well, let's just touch up the x-rays. I don't want to give this person a bad day, you know? Um, so, the, but the reader is, again, it's supposed to be about an empowerment. If you do a reading for someone like, okay, you just said you're starting a business and, um, and all the cards that come up look really challenging. Like, I don't, you know, it, it would be a disservice to say, okay, no, actually this is going to fail. And, you're you're um you're screwed uh what you're, you're the job of the reader is to look at every single card and just look like where is success how do we snatch success from the you know from the jaws of of defeat here um great point because that's the way everyone should look at their lives in general so you know not okay give up or whatever but yeah like maybe hunker down be ready for some tough times um mm-hmm. but yeah you can do it or you know whatever absolutely i absolutely i completely agree Charlie, what is it exactly that makes you believe that tarot was real? Like, what what made you think that this was an actual thing? So, one, of course, there's times when you give a person a reading and it comes true. And that, that feels real good, you know, right? Um, and, of course, if you look back at it, a lot of readings are common sense advice. So, you know, uh, I'm thinking of having this job. Well, go to school for that job. I will do that. You know, that and, and then they, they get it. And so a skeptic might say like, well, of course they were going to, you know, be successful. This is yeah, my whole so- thing with psychic readings. That's why I don't mm-hmm. really believe in psychics, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit more in a second sure, and yeah, what sorts of things you do and don't believe in. But mm-hmm. exactly what you just said. It's like so much of this stuff is common sense. That's why to a certain extent I like tarot because you do still have to read the cards that are out in front of you. And that yeah. might not be like, hey, you should go to college and get an internship for that job. You know, like it's not going to be that obvious. Like it might say something to the contrary of that. And you're like, mm-hmm. huh, that's weird. These cards are saying not to do that. Yeah. And so what I love is when the thing, especially um, a lot of times when someone asks you a question, if they're going to be able to do something like within your mind, you start to form the idea that like, well, probably not. Cause you're asking me, you know? Uh, and so what I love is when the cards come up that do not, they seem counterintuitive but you give the reading and that's the one that works. And it's not just that the client and you kind of come to the conclusion that the reading worked, but, but like when people around them who know about the reading tell you like, that was true, that came true. Uh, I don't know if this is a weird example, but I, was, I, I read a lot in bars actually. And I was reading for a woman uh, and she was in her you know fifties and she'd been single for like a very, very, very long time and was having like no success. And so when she's giving a reading, like, I'm already kind of going into that with like, okay, well, you're probably going to have a hard time. And the reading that came up is uh, Knight of Wands, yeah, Four of Wands. I'm like, okay, you're going to meet a younger man. And the Four of Wands, you know, traditionally, that's a marriage card. So I feel like this, at least the relationship's going to be really successful. And that's not, like, you're going to meet a younger man and get and marry him is not the kind of thing, you you know, I would normally say to a woman in, you know, in the same bar as me, in the 50s, you know, trying to get uh, be in a relationship. But it's what happened. It, it came true. And that... I don't know. And, and that's not proof positive. Like there, I, I cannot prove positive that tarot works, but for me, that was, that was encouraging. How about that? 
Yeah, for sure. The interesting thing about that, and um, this makes me again think a little bit more on the psychic side of things, um, is like I, I have a friend who um, got uh, like, you know, very similar story, was single for quite a while, um, went to a psychic. The psychic was like, oh, you're going you're gonna to meet uh, the love of your life in the next few months. And mm-hmm. you're probably going to meet him like when you're traveling. And like, if you get her to open up and speak, honestly, those next few months, she was dressed up like all the time, particularly mm-hmm. like if she had to go to like the airport or something, like she was looking as good as she could possibly look and like yes. being so sweet and nice to everyone. And like, uh, you mentioned confirmation bias earlier, like that's obviously not confirmation bias, but it's something almost even more insidious than that, that you're, <laughs> you are now influencing, Ooh, like, you know, yes. like that woman that you gave that reading to that every time now she's around a younger man, she's mm-hmm. going to be like, so, uh, like on her best behavior, so to speak, <laughs> because it's, it's like, Oh my God, is this? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, which again, <laughs> I, I, tarot has so many different outcomes that can come out, but that's such an interesting, uh, dynamic there when you tell someone something and they purposely then influence it in that direction. So I, I think about that as kind of uh, the Dumbo's magic feather effect. You know, someone tells him he has magic feather, he can fly, and he can, so he thinks he can fly uh, kind of thing. And, I mean, it, that's usually how uh, tarot is, or fortune-telling is used in, um, in plays and movies and stories uh, for the dramatic irony effect. So, like, Macbeth goes to the witches. They say, like, you're going to be the next king of Scotland. So he's like, oh, okay, I'll... Well, I'll murder everyone until I'm the king of Scotland, you know, and then, <laughs> right. or an Oedipus, you know, like the whole problem like, would never have happened if that, you know, without that reading, you, you know, that um, your, your son will grow up to kill you. Yes, oh, okay, well, so that's something that we have to be aware of and think about. Um, most readings aren't that dramatic, but yeah, it's something that <laughs> I, I do think that um, I think about that when you're doing a reading and what, what you're telling people, but I've definitely, but when I, I don't know, I was reading for a coworker who's very unromantic and like very put off by the idea of romance. And it, um, I gave her a reading and it was like, you're going to meet a super romantic guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. I got the King of Cups, uh, the, the Knight of Cups and um, wears his heart on his sleeve. And, um, you know, she, you know, she was a little bit like, okay, I don't know if I, how I'd feel about that. But then, you know, sure enough, the, the guy she ended up with wore his heart on his sleeve. And I, I like, she's like, this is bizarre. Like that, Oh, sorry. Actually, I think also she received another reading. And the person used that phrase. Also, you're going to meet somebody, and he wears his heart on his sleeve, and you know, within the next six months. Um, so, I, the ones you always remember, though, I have to say, are like these big, grand things that that feel successful. Like most readings that you give are okay. It looks like you should be more creative in the, you know, at your job. I think that you'd find that more exciting. Maybe you know, work on, you know, some some, uh, you know, very very uh, functionary kind of thing. You know, like that kind of reading is what you typically are giving, but the ones that, you know, stick with you are like the big fish story, you know, stories. And then they probably grow in the telling if we're all being honest with ourselves. <laughs> For sure. Do the ones that turn into the big fish stories, are they typically because the question that was asked by the person was incredibly unique? Or is it that the cards that were pulled were, like you said, like kind of unexpected on your end that you are, they're almost counterintuitive or something and then it happens? Yeah, so that... I mean, anytime someone comes to you, they're like, oh, my God, everything you said came true. That feels really good. And, it, you know, makes you feel really good. But it's, it is it is the ones that you don't expect to be true. Like, I don't know. Um, like, yeah, we're, it's, it's the bigger leap of faith to give that, that piece of advice. And um, so, you know, 
the the person who comes you have been in a relationship with this person for four years they you were thinking about getting married should i get married like you know they've been together for four years and it looks like the, and then that turns out they were successful okay that's not a huge leap um but that is a reading you'll give but it's the, the other readings that you gave that were a little less likely that kind of bolster your confidence as a mm-hmm. reader does that make does that make sense of course but at some point i think every reader you know who, who no matter how much you believe in this at some point at some place within yourself you have to accept that like this could we could all just be chemicals and our thoughts could all be chemicals this could be cardboard and pop psychology and you know creative problem solving and we have to accept that within ourselves or 100%. else you're gonna go or else you're just gonna i don't know live in a cave somewhere and babble like, yeah <laughs> like does that make sense uh, yeah but like to it like who wants to live in a world like that anyways you know like wouldn't you rather live oh. in a world where the force exists and yoda is the man and he was yes. alive a long time ago in a galaxy far far away Oh man! I'm, so the, well, funny that you mentioned that. Um, I was reading a book. Uh, it's called The Road to Delphi, and it's it's sort of a, uh, a humanities look at the history of of oracles and fortune tellers. And it's, you know, it's written by someone. It's from, it's written as an by an academic. So I, I didn't expect them to, you know, and and then rather than as a believer and you know as or as a manual for these things. And um, they have this line in there that like, of course, you know, it could be that there's no connection to anything, but. Do any of us really believe that? And I thought, oh, wow. Okay. All right. Maybe this is more common than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever, when you're doing a reading um, to the point of like the force and the law of attraction (laughs) and this like underlying field that connects everyone, um, do you sometimes kind of know what cards are going to come up before they come up? And then is that a very like confirming and weird experience for you? Ooh, um, Think knowing which card is going to come up, it happens very, very infrequently, and of course, it feels really cool. Um, what happens a little bit more is that, like, you're, you're doing a series of readings for a person, and like the same card comes up like over and over again, which, which statistically, as we know, can happen and, mm. and is actually more common than we probably think. But it just it it it's oh god, there it is again, or of course that's the card that came up, you know, again, and that that is where it starts to be like you know that's ooh. really interesting. Wait, so why would someone get a series of readings? And when people are doing a series, do they what they ask the same question multiple uh, times? Okay, so more like um, so someone sits down and they they have like different questions, but like it's more like the the main issue of their life keeps coming. Let's say the um the the hangman in this for this particular client, maybe you into it that like. This is about them holding themselves back and they're asking about their love life or maybe like their career and like the hangman keeps coming up and you're like, okay, the issue is this more underlying thing for a person. Also, um, you know, especially you read for yourself a lot. Um, you'll, you'll ask similar questions uh, over and over or you'll ask, you'll, you'll attack a problem from different, from different angles by doing different readings around it. And that's how like that same card kind of comes up. Does that make sense? Yes. So what would that exact instance you were saying about, let's say somebody's having some trouble in their love life and in their work and always this hangman card keeps coming up. Like what would that exact thing be? Oh, that's so like that for me would be the, the so the bigger issue sort of like these are like the, the problems in the love life, the problems in the career uh, are the symptoms, you know, right, um, exactly. And the, the, the issue like the, um, the, 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 the ailment or the, whatever it is, like the, the great challenge is actually this other this bigger thing um, holding them back, and I think that like for for a lot of us, like we have uh, like Jung has like theories about like the shadow, and so I think we have like a particular inner saboteur that messes up all like different areas of our lives, and I think that 
dealing with that has sort of a, a an expansive effect of like you know um of positivity you know well, what there'll I mean? be like, various cards that can that can show like what the saboteur is in somebody's life yeah so I, more like um you'll do a reading and then they'll be like the position is like the challenge like the big challenge and um so I've done like a Joseph Campbell wheel of the, you know, like the, the hero's journey reading. And there's like a position that's like the shadow. And so you look at that, you look down at that card and then you look around at the other cards in the spread and you try to think, okay, if their shadow, let's just use this example of the hangman, their shadow is the hangman. Um, like how do I then relate that to like this other position over here, which is like the, the their past and like the, 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 the issues that were coming up and then the future that they want to have the thing that they want to do like how does the, this card how do they all relate so that that makes sense it's like fitting a puzzle together mm-hmm. does that make sense well, it's like fitting a puzzle together where all the pieces are the same shape i don't know question <laughs> do you ever like i would imagine then it would almost be difficult to not play like armchair psychologist and want to ask more questions of the person and do you do that sometimes or do you feel you have to draw a line for yourself and put your foot down and be like, no, I don't ask more questions of the person. Like if somebody came to me and they said, hey, I have some questions about my love life. And let's say I do blah, blah, blah reading and that, like either in that that shadow position or whatever type of reading that we're doing, this thing comes up like this like hangman card or something. And I would almost want to know, like, is this hangman card specific to... Uh, this relationship question or like I would want to be like hey by any chance like do you notice that when you're at work or blah 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 like or have you had other things in your life where this sort of thing happens or do you have to not Mm -hmm. ask that and just be like look for this question that you asked this is the answer like and you don't want to go deeper than that yeah you know it's it's interesting um you uh one uh you remember like charlie brown lucy would have her little psychiatry for five cents booth yes that people would go to and she just wants to boss people around. So like, I think we all have our inner Lucy psychiatrist booth and we want to boss people around. And sometimes like you don't want to, um, some readers, you, they go to you, a a person goes to them and they ask a question. Uh, and the reader wants to to tell the person how to be a better person and, and kind of tell them how they should be living their life. And, um, that's maybe an an extreme example. I've actually, um, had that come up. It's like largely, the person came with a question and you need to be able to at least address the question and, and, and kind of help them answer it. And something it's very likely something is going to come up, some bigger underlying issue. And you have to be cautious around that. Um, uh, okay. I have a funny story. When I was in high school, I was reading for a friend and he was saying, asking about his love life. And like this, uh, I think it was like the queen of swords came up in a position and I had this like epiphany, like, uh, Oh wow. My friend is gay. And, um, which you can tell by my accent, I am too, but, uh, like this was a revelation. And, um, so in that moment, it was not my place to be like, so are you gay? You know, <laughs> like, uh, my, my, my place, it was like, you know what? I think that it's probably become more clear to you, the kind of person you're interested in and who you're supposed to be with. And I think there's probably, you know, that's probably gonna be hard. Like in some way, gosh, that just seems like this that's a challenge you know in some way for you and um and i think it's going to be useful to um be more okay with that part uh, with with that you know and, and I, whatever my like 17 year old self was able yeah to say. interesting <laughs> that's great yeah so you don't want to you don't want to tackle it so specifically as to 
be weird about it or so or yeah. i guess intrusive would be more the way to put it absolutely and also um you um so it's very easy for readers to get into um to fall into without meaning to cold reading which cold reading is the mentalism practice used by con artists uh to um convince people that they can tell the future and it's based a lot on body language and it's based a lot on um uh you know the way someone asks the question the way someone is holding themselves you know mm, that kind yeah, of thing for sure and so as a reader it's so easy to go down the sundry path and again like get into ego and think oh man i know what this is you know and and um and you could just be flat out wrong you know like uh, people aren't always how they carry themselves you know how they ask the question so it's just super you got to be very careful about that right yeah that's interesting uh, like on the one hand that all totally makes sense um on the other hand for certain i i guess to get back to the mm-hmm. um kind of like original uh question that i was asking oh gosh sorry they, no 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 it's i that story that you told is awesome and, and it, it's so it's such an interesting thing in its own right about like the specificity and being able to um really like like you said like notice things about the way that someone's carrying themselves or the way that they ask a question or something that uh mm-hmm. uh you need to tread lightly around that uh it the same time there's this interesting thing uh, of treading lightly or or going deeper and being more specific if if yeah like if if you want to say that that someone's life or something is like a tree and any mm-hmm. question that they ask is going to be a question about a branch of that tree mm-hmm. um but not about the base or not about the root of the tree and mm-hmm. you after doing this reading especially if you did like a couple or something you can see that like oh man like i should give them this thing about the root of the tree and maybe that will help the whole tree be more healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, But they asked a question about one of the branches and again, like maybe that's not my place or so, you know, it's like it puts you you in this weird spot. Some people only read it that, that that really that root of the tree level. Like they, that's the place they, they like to go to. They, they come from They're They're reading for your, like your soul's journey, you know? And um, it's just like, that's a challenge when like the person asked about like, you know, I'm uh, like, hey, I think I, I'm trying to get a promotion at work. And you're like, ah, oh, let me tell you about your experience of prosperity and your place in the universe. <laughs> right, <What>? right. <laughs> like, yes, just, totally. What's going on? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, did that answer that question? Yes, yeah, so you just need to be into You can do both. You need to be intuitive with like what's happening in the specific reading and the specific mm-hmm. question and situation and all of that. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Charlie, let's uh let's go ahead and wind this thing down a little bit and mm-hmm. give people some advice on two different sides of things. So, uh, for one, it, let's give advice to anyone that maybe wanted to get a little bit into tarot, and then for two, let's give advice to people that are going to be getting a tarot reading. Which I will listen to that advice right before we do our reading for the <laughs> Patreon content. Absolutely. So, for one, for people that would like to uh, get a little bit more into tarot themselves, because this doesn't have to be like you know, you uh, uh, make your job out of doing tarot. You can order Absolutely. a deck and do it like with your friends, like you were saying you did yeah. in high school. So, what uh, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to get uh, a little bit more into it? Like, what resources should they look at? How much mm-hmm. money does a deck cost? Uh, like, where mm-hmm. should they get one? Oh, absolutely. So uh, to get started, it's pretty simple. You you need a tarot deck, one, obviously. And there are a lot out there. Um, just to make a lot of people ask, like, what's the tarot deck I should I should get? And of course, one answer is, you know, uh, look at 
different decks out there online, things that are available. Go to a store, like a bookstore, or maybe a new age bookstore if you have one in your area, and take a look and find a deck that really speaks to you. And But if you just want an answer, what deck do I get? Get the Rider weight Tarot. Uh, most tarot decks are, are in the 20 to $30 range for you know a deck that a beginner can work with. Uh, if you want to go indie or or collector, they can cost in the in the in the hundreds of dollars range. But twenty bucks, you can get started. You're also going to want um, some books. And my recommendation, actually, in the beginning, is to not get a pile of books. It's to get a book. Um, just okay. So if you're interested in like more like the psychological uh, or analytical approach to tarot, I recommend um, Holistic Tarot by Benabel Wen, and and uh, the Creative Tarot by uh, Jessa Crispin. They kind of come from from that sort of just analyzing imagery. Uh, place and then you know if you want to try something uh, maybe a little more traditional like uh, you would probably go with something by Barbara Moore has great books uh, and for beginners and also there's a great book uh, it's a favorite Mary Greer's Tarot for Yourself it's a really good it's a workbook it's a good place to start and then the really the most important thing to do is to have fun so you get a couple of your good friends to come over you open a bottle of wine you do simple readings three cards you know, past, present, future, or just pull cards for each other. And you look at them, you look up the meanings in the book, and then you just talk to each other about like what they think, how they think that applies, how how they feel about it. And you're just, you're in a setting where you're not trying to impress anyone, you're just learning with friends. And that's a great way to start out. Cool. I like that. And can can you do a tarot reading on yourself? Or is that like taboo or not allowed? Or is it like not going to come true? You know, actually, there's, there's, a lot of stories I hear about people, you know, not being able to read for themselves. It's hard to read for yourself in that it's hard to read objectively for yourself uh, and and see your your problems like yes, outside from outside yes, of yourself. Good point. Yeah. So it's like it's it's kind of the same for the same reason. It's hard to balance your own budget and very easy to balance your friend's budget. But um, it's totally like it, most readings I do are for myself, and uh, I think that the best book for that I mentioned just a moment ago, Mary Greer's Tarot for Yourself, will walk you through how to do that. Okay, cool. I like that. And I love the idea then that you talked about of getting friends together with a bottle of wine or something, because then, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're talking through the advice together, not trying to give yourself advice. Because, yeah, so often the advice that you give yourself is so different than the advice that you would give somebody else, like often mm-hmm. much harsher and, and not as friendly and stuff as the advice that you would give to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you mentioned go um, going out for like going to get a reading if you're interested in doing that. Um, so here's a, just some advice about that. Um, I think the great way to start with that is to read with someone in person if you can. Uh, and usually most people have like a new age or metaphysical bookstore near them. And almost always they have readers that work out of their store. Um, also, but you know, if, if that's not something for you, you, there are a lot of readers who work online and they have great websites that are going to kind of show you about who they are and what their style is. And you just have to find someone that really, you know, seems like they would be a good fit for you and like the language they use in their sites sort of like sounds good to you and mm-hmm. try that out. What you have to be very, very, very careful about, um, there are people who are criminals and who are con artists and they are there to use mentalism techniques to make money off of you. And I mostly associate those with sometimes you're, you'll, you'll, you'll see the neon sign says like psychic and has a, a palm, you know, yeah, yeah. under it. And uh, those tend to be the ones that uh, 
okay, they're a little sketchier. And also, um, if anyone ever, if you go for a reading and they tell you you have a curse on you and you need to pay them $500 to <laughs> get it lifted, which is a very common That's... Uh, occurrence. You like, have to be kidding me. That's like insane no. sounding. Like who would be that, like, oh no, like please help. People in need. People like, you know, most people who go to a find a tarot reader are in, they're in some kind of, you know, no one goes in like, hey, my life is great. I'm doing, everything's going well. Like, can I have a tarot reading? You know, uh, but no, um, that is very common. It's a very common practice. And if anyone tells you to that, like walk out and do not go back. Okay. Good advice. So if uh, if we are going to be getting a reading from whomever mm-hmm. it is, and uh, like for me right now, because uh, I haven't come up with a question yet that I want to ask you, mm-hmm. what sorts of tips would you give to people in terms of approaching a tarot reading? Like, what, how should they form their question? Um, what would make for a good reading on their end? Cool. So, yeah, the question is key. And when you're putting together... Uh, a question for a tarot reading and you go to someone just it's good to start with a topic that you want to know more about like uh, your career or your vacation or uh, a romance uh, something like that and work with the reader to um find the, the question that you know that they're going to be able to work with and that makes sense to you and of course you know if you go to a reader and you really want to know about um you know getting a promotion at work and they want to read about your like your soul's experience of prosperity. Like, do feel em- empowered to say like, okay, well, I just definitely meant want to make sure we also touch on uh, what I asked you. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, of course. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, Charlie. Well, uh, that is it, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this all with us. I can't wait to get my reading here in a second. And uh, and do you still do readings for people? Like, what? Like, where can people find you if they wanted to get a reading done by you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I do, um, mainly I'm an event reader actually, which is a lot of fun, uh, getting to read at parties for people who've been drinking, but, um, I do readings, uh, online for people if that's something they're interested in. Uh, my website is oraculist.com, O-R-A-C-U-L-I-S-T.com. Oraculist is just an old fancy word for an interpreter of oracles. So, uh, you can find me on there and uh, send me an email. Cool, man. I will uh, put a link to your website on on the page for this episode. So if you guys are driving or something and and can't jot that down, and I'll put links to everything else that Charlie and I talked about today on the uh, on the website. So uh, yeah, Charlie, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. It's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Charlie. If you would like to hear the aforementioned tarot reading that I did with Charlie, which is incredibly in-depth and incredibly personal and so good. It's like uncanny how good it is. He's he's so good at what he does. Um, Anyways, if you'd like to hear that, please consider becoming a supporter on Patreon, where right now if you do, you can win a watch or a pair of sunglasses from Truewood. And uh, as well, if you leave a review for the show on iTunes, don't forget that Charlie has actually donated a half-hour reading that he will do with any of you guys over Skype if you support the show by leaving a review on iTunes sometime in the next three weeks. So jump on iTunes, leave a review, and you yourself could have an awesome tarot reading done by Charlie. Thanks so much.